Hey guys, I'm uh, here with Todd Malcote, one of the first SEOs that I ever started reading back in, God, it had to be 2004, 2005, uh, and he has been nice enough to give us a little bit of his time today and answer a couple of my questions that I sourced from a bunch of my readers. Um, this is the second edition of my SEO podcast, uh, talking with experts, and I hope you guys like it. So without further ado, uh, we'll get started. How you doing, Todd? Fantastic. Good to hear it, man. Um, the uh, the first question I got coming at you is uh, has to do with Panda being integrated into Google's normal algorithm, and a couple people, including myself, are just really curious as to you know what the effects you know people what the effects professionals and experts people like yourself think that it's going to have on just the overall search engine landscape. Yeah, I think we've seen this with a lot of different types of algorithm updates in the past. Really, uh, Google's just always given different names and had target and have targeted different problems associated with relevance. And one of the big problems they were having with relevance was there was such a heavy uh, emphasis and heavy importance placed on off-site equity and link equity um, that they needed something to balance that. And that kind of is what Panda was in my mind, is they, they had to take care of this big relevance issue. And they did through a, a, a series of iterations that's now part, you know, becoming part of the overall algorithm. And those iterations are so subtle that you don't really notice them anymore. Um, so, that, and I think that's happened in the past with lots of different changes. This one, however, was obviously a huge one. You know that they did it so many times and that it was noticeable so many times uh, is is a big thing. And and really, what came out of that is as what I noticed most was having that audition period for almost any landing page and that overall score for any type of website. Um, so we saw between Panda and Penguin two different issues of that we're solving that emphasis on um, too much off-site. But with Panda, it was just ranking garbage content on a quality domain. And so that's always been an issue. That started to get solved. And, and I think we've seen that you know, the, the solution is, is working. Um, if, a, if a site has 80% bounce rate, it's no longer ranking for its term number one uh, for, for a very long or for you know, more than a short time. Um, so with, with Panda overall, you know, we see that you can't rank a crappy landing page anymore. Uh, that's what it solves. That's what it will continue to solve. You have to be watching bounce rate and kind of those exit rates in your analytics in order to solve that and be prepared for that. And if you're not doing that, you have to know that you're not going to rank well. I think that's a fantastic point. Um, coming back to the, the, the piece you opened up with, you know, more about the, the focus on off-page link equity, that leads me really well actually right into our next question, which is, have you ever seen or experienced negative SEO firsthand? You know, I've seen some examples. Uh, more so, I think, of hacking. Um, you know, negative SEO is, is kind of an all-encompassing um, term for anything negative that happens to your site that you really don't have control over. Uh, Very good point. The most malicious of this is kind of, it was once called Google bullying, pointing a bunch of blog spam links at a site to tank it. Um, I have seen it happen in competitive verticals. You know, it's, uh, I've seen some examples. I've never really played in verticals competitive enough where it was an issue personally to me. I have had sites hacked where there was malware installed and that impacted ranking, which is you know, similar in ways, but not, not quite um, what I deem the Google bowling, I suppose. Um, so it does exist to a certain point. You know, I think Google finally you know, admitted there's, there's an issue with that by releasing the disavow tool. Um, but overall, you know, unless you're really in a competitive vertical, 
uh, it's not a huge issue, and if you are in those verticals, you're kind of a little bit more prepared for it and, and understand that SEO in those, in those spaces is a little bit different. No, I think those are, those are all really good points. I think the most interesting thing in my experience is probably on the flip side of negative SEO, which is people who aren't trying to do it to have a negative impact on their competitor sites, but people who are using lots of just crappy spam and drip links, form, you know, X rumor and all that good stuff to get their stuff to rank. Um, and probably what I think amazing to me is, is the, the amount of proliferation I've seen with those, those types of very spam-heavy link-building tactics in, like, the payday loan search specifically, which I think is, is you know, and correct me if I'm wrong, is, is probably one of the more volatile SERPs, you know, it, you know within search. Yeah, those payday loan guys have been uh, aggressive with it for quite some time, and it's an interesting space to watch. I think even, you know, things like Viagra are, are a little less competitive now because they're a little bit more uh, regulated. Um, payday loans really has been one of the Wild West kind of industries. Uh, and, and it's interesting to watch the search results sometimes. You have to uh, probably have a high level of security on your computer and uh, not you know, allow any malware or adware of any sort to be installed. Uh, but they're interesting to watch, you know, because they, it is a little bit different space and it fluctuates a lot. And by watching those results change, you can kind of get a feel for what's going on sometimes. Some of the things that Google's, uh, you know, trying to prevent in competitive industries or in other industries by watching those most competitive ones. That's a very cool idea. Um, this is actually a perfect segue into my third question. Um, which is, in, in your opinion, what would you consider to be one, one still safe link-building strategy that you know, still works in 2013? Well, I think the one that people can agree on is guest posting to a certain extent. Uh, guest posting absolutely works. It's kind of the foundation for content marketing in a lot of ways, which is kind of, uh, I don't know if it's making a resurgence or what. In, in my mind, it'll always be link development and content building, and, and they're kind of married together. Uh, but the idea of content marketing uh, without link development, I suppose, is is kind of uh, being brought back, and and that's all, you know creating creating something and sharing it, having a linkable asset. That asset can be content. Um, that asset can be a widget. That asset can be a tool. That asset can be software, PDF, whatever it is. Um, but you have to have something uh, to be offering. You can't just go out and kind of rob people for links anymore. Hold you know hold your email gun up and say, give me a link, or can I have a link? It just doesn't work. You know, so even if you're, even in the past, people were sending, you know, thousands of emails and getting 1% response rate. Even at that level, those, those have gone down. Um, and that was really never my approach. But, uh, you know, I think people did that in the past, and webmasters fell for it. And now those same webmasters are upset about it, and they're never going to fall for it again. Uh, so yeah. you have to have something to offer. You have, have to have something that's safer. Um, and, and that's kind of there's, there's that validation layer now with social to say this is a real person sending a real request, not a pseudonym, uh, you know, made-up person sending a request for a payday loan site that, you know, won't exist three days from now. Yep. No, that's absolutely agree. Um, so I guess beyond links, uh, what are some of the strategies that you're using to help you know, just uh, help your websites and your clients gain just more visibility overall uh, in the SERPs? Oops, I was muted there for a second. Uh, can you ask that one for again? Or ask that one again? Sure. Yeah. Yeah, with, uh, so BLN links, 
what are some of the strategies that you're using to help gain more visibility uh, for your, your, your websites within the SERPs? I think it's a combination of, of social and, uh, you know, social as an outreach platform and, and content as the asset now. Uh, so it really has to be all, all, all kind of cylinders on the engine firing at once, being you, create, you have a good content creation process, you have a good outreach process, and then you're following up with social media and you're doing it consistently. Um, so that's, that's the overall best strategy. I think we're seeing more of that importance uh, going towards authorship and towards personal authority. Um, so I think that's important. Uh, just, the, uh, you know, for my, my sakes personally, I'm just actually getting ready to launch a big project. I'm doing a fisher, fishingcharters.com. For that one, it will be, you know, me writing articles about fishing. Uh, I, I kind of went back to basics with, you know, what would work for SEO, and it's not uh, kind of the mass outreach anymore. It's just it's not going to um, be effective. So, you know, the stuff that works uh, for, for rankings is, is being genuine, is, is creating something, is doing something that people want to read and participate in. Um, so that's community, that's linkable assets, uh, that's, that's the things that the web was founded on, and, uh, and Google's doing a good job of making sure, sure that's the things you find uh, instead of the things that you don't want to find when you click the back, back button. And that's, you know, yeah. that's, what Panda, that's what Panda is, and that's what Penguin is, and that's what they're continuing to do. Uh, SEOs have a problem with, with some of the decisions Google makes sometimes, but I think relevance as a whole by the general user is always well received. Nah, I think, yep, that's, uh, I think you're absolutely right there. So uh, sort of a fun question to, to close, out, close out the podcast with. Uh, if you, you know, if, if, I guess if there, you had some magical loudspeaker that was, that was tuned to every SEO you know, on planet Earth and you could tell every SEO just one thing, uh, what would it be? Probably stay humble, because what works today isn't going to work tomorrow. Um, you know, it, with the idea of optimization as a whole is is kind of staying on the forefront of what works. And it's disappointing for me to see, you know, five years later, people selling directory submission packages after, you know, there's only four or five directories that work, or selling reciprocal link packages, or selling, you know, page ranks three links, thousands of them for two dollars, <laughs> um, all that sort of thing. You know, it's most of it never worked for long, and to see people still sell it is, is disappointing to me as a whole. Um, you know, and I think some of those things get passed down as information, and then it's, it becomes old information. And then years later, <laughs> it's, it's uh, rancid, stagnant information. Um, and even the people that are on the forefront, even the people that are, are really actively creating sites and, and doing you know, things, um, innovating, you know, innovating uh, even even those folks get caught up in a rut sometimes. I think so. You got to stay, you know, to truly be optimal. You got to always be learning, always be reading, and certainly stay humble because you never know when the next new animal is going to come along. I think that's a fantastic piece of advice. Well, hey man, thank you so much for taking some time to uh, to answer some of my questions, and uh, just can't you know really really happy and really excited to have you on here. My pleasure. Thanks, Nick. All right, man. Take care, Todd.